0: Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am the CEO and founder of Intel, a nonprofit organization that bridges the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Being an overcomer, visionary, and God's creation, I empower women with their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. In this podcast series, we reveal that our wellness is not just physical health, but includes mental and spiritual health. True health and well-being include all three aspects. We transform our lives when we care for our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, ladies. I am so excited that you returned. Last week, we started talking about habits and how sometimes they get real comfortable and we cling to them. And I want to just dig a little bit deeper of, man, how can we really go about changing them and not clinging? And you know how I do. Every time we have some new information, I invite someone on the show to share their insights and help us to gain more understanding of who we are. And the person that is coming back is a wonderful friend of mine. And actually, she's been pretty much on the podcast at least once per season, except the first season. So I'm really excited to have her back. Deanne, can you please introduce yourself to our lovely audience?
1: Yes, thank you, Kamir. First, I'm honored to be a friend of Kamir Baker and to get to come alongside her in Her endeavors to minister to, bring healing, to bring encouragement to. So that's one of the things that I do. Is that what you asked for me to do? What have you been up to since the last time you checked in with us? So I've actually been up to a lot. I have graduated with my master's degree in counseling. I'm on track and to be a fully licensed professional counselor. So I've added that, and I've been studying EMDR therapy so that I can bring a highly effective, efficient, and actually a little bit kind of quick kind of therapy to people suffering with either trauma or other memories and events in their life that hold them back from being able to fully express the life and the creativity and the connectivity that God has given them.
0: Yeah. And I know for myself, I'm a proponent of EMDR. I know that I recently got in contact with someone who shies away from talk therapy, so to speak. But one of the things that i found is that sometimes in our life experiences, we need a moment to process them. And EMDR provides a, a blueprint for processing and then helping us to look for something healthier after we made that, those processing thoughts. So I'm always excited to speak with you because you love to learn. Every time we talk, I I glean so much information from you, from your learner spirit. So I'm excited to have you here today to talk about healthy habits and what is that and and how can we develop them? And so we're going to just jump right on in and and get into the the crux of all that wonderful information. and, And hopefully you're ready to get your brain plugged away or picked a little bit. And so my first question is... Why do we have such a hard time starting or stopping a habit? Oh, that's such a good question. Starting
1: or stopping a habit. I love that you uh, recognize it that way because we have a lot of habits that we do that we don't even recognize that they're habits. They're just our normal daily either pattern or way of thinking or way of behaving or way of feeling. And even things like, depression, depressed kinds of thoughts can simply be a habit or just the same way as, you know, eating sugar can be a habit, right? So habits get in us. And when we're not really conscious of them, they're just going to make decisions for us. It's all, it's all part of our brain working to make our life easier so that we can survive. And so when we already kind of know the way we go, the habits that we follow, then supposedly that frees up our mind and our energy towards other things. So that's what happens when we have a habit that we don't want. And then we want when we want to bring in a habit, it often is needing to go into a space that a previous habit that has been reinforced and strong already exists. So for instance, if you wanted to eat healthier chances are you already have habits of eating in a way that doesn't contribute to your overall health. So if you're used to watching TV and having chips and queso, right? Or here's here's one that happens in our house. Football games equal chips and queso. Another one might be if someone's not wanting to eat popcorn then but you usually watch a movie and eat popcorn, then the habit is already there, the chips and queso or the popcorn The habit's already there. And when you want to bring in a new habit, the space is already filled. So bringing in a habit often requires releasing a habit at the same time. So we often just think, oh, I'm just going to add this to my life. But we don't really recognize fully how much we need to let go of what's in that place of the new habit bringing in. So I I call it deleting habits and creating habits. And they kind of have to go hand in hand, and usually when people try and think, you know, you think about New Year's resolutions, yeah. So that's coming up in in a couple of months, and then people are just like, well, I'm going to add going to the gym daily.
0: That happens every year, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a huge rise in enrollments in gyms, and January in a gym is very full, and February it is not near as full as it was in January, and a lot of times it's because people are wanting to add this wonderful exercise habit, but not really making the space in their life, the time in their life, the adjustments in their mind and their attitudes and their heart and their thoughts to accommodate a new behavior. But I just I think that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that habits can be a challenge is you have to make you have to make the space, which might mean releasing or deleting an old habit to bring in a new habit.
0: And actually, I'm really glad that you brought that up. And as you were speaking, I was like, oh, I never thought about releasing the old habit. You know, you just jump in trying to create a new one.
1: Yeah. And then what happens is there's actually a lot more to habits. And I'd like to just qualify myself first to say, I am not an expert at creating and living in all the positive habits that I want.
0: Correct. Right. You think you'll be superhuman. And then you'll be doing so many phenomenal things that I would never get you on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. The reason I feel like I have any space to
1: talk about this at all is because I've struggled with it so very much and I've had to break it down into the parts and I've had to be so kind to myself and so compassionate with myself because what happens when like what, what you just described. We move in. We try to throw in this wonderful thing that we want to do. We haven't made the space. We haven't taken the time to delete or release the old. And then we can't sustain the new and we feel like a failure.
0: Oh, for sure. We feel
1: like a loser.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: What's wrong with me?
0: Yeah. And then that's why for me, I I stay away from those New Year's resolutions because I don't want to set myself up for defeat. And then mid-year, like, what happened? So for me, I just completely check out from that way of being, and just try to do something that's a little bit more digestible.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's smart. That's a smart way to to go into it. And even if someone's like, for whatever reason, I want to start on New Year's Day this new habit of fill in the blank, balancing, my, checking my um my money accounts every day, whatever it is. I'd say you need to start in about November, getting ready for that.
0: Right. Yeah. Which we are in November. Yeah. (laughs) This is a great opportunity to get started. Yes. It's time to start, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so can you go into a little bit more detail of how do we begin that journey of deleting and creating?
1: Yeah. So habits get built into us and they become unconscious, repetitive ways of being or thinking. When they become unconscious, that means they become automatic the beautiful thing about a habit is it can become automatic. And the challenge with a habit is it can become automatic, whichever side you happen to be on. But I, I'm talking about habits and thinking about habits that it's more than just a behavior. People normally think, you know, a habit is the behavior. It's what shows up, whether you're eating the cookies and Ice cream, or whether you're going to the gym, or whether you're even doing your work in an efficient manner without being on your phone. So there's the behavior, but the behavior is like the top, it's like the icing on the cake of the structure of a habit. So a habit has the parts that are required underneath that behavior your emotions, you have there's emotions linked to whatever the habit is, there's thoughts. That fuel that emotion, that go with that emotion. There's your body. There's the way not only the way it feels in your body, but also when a habit has become ingrained, your body sort of just takes over. And then there's the beliefs that you have that are the undergirding, the foundation of the whole. I call it a system habit. I think of a habit as a whole system, and and I picture it like a tree so if you think of a fruit tree let's go with uh, a pear tree so a pear tree is a whole system right a pear doesn't happen on its own the tree trunk doesn't happen on its own you don't have roots without any other part of it none of the those parts of the tree happen on their own they're a system that works together and when it, everything works well it produces pears right so if you think of the pear as the behavior, the behavior of your habits. I just like to use eating because it's it's a habit that I've dealt with many times in my life. So if the habit that we just are using as an example is I want to eat healthy, right? But the system habit that you've built is produces the fruit of eating Oreos. A little bit of a downfall on my side, Oreos, okay? So the eating the Oreos is like the fruit on the tree it's what shows up. It's what's easy to see. Oh, eating Oreos is my problem. If I didn't eat a package of Oreos every week, I would be healthier.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: that eating the Oreos is is the fruit of the tree. If you came along to a pear tree and it had pears all over it and you started pulling off the pears, given enough time, what's going to happen again? You're going to get more pears. And you can go through your house and you can throw out all the Oreos from the pantry, from the hiding place in your closet, from the spots in the car, you know, wherever you have them. You can get rid of all the Oreos. But if all you address is that fruit, given enough time, you're going to find Oreos in your house again, right? So the fruit is the behavior. The branches are the thoughts that support the fruit right so the, fr- the fruit hangs on these thoughts and the thoughts might be around eating Oreos the thoughts might be something like wow, it's been a long time since you've had an Oreo what at least a day or man, you know it would be perfect right now just a couple of Oreos like double stuff or huh I wonder what new flavor of Oreo they've just released for the Christmas season thoughts like this, right? Or gosh, I'm just feeling so deprived. I've been hungry all day. If I could just have a couple of Oreos. These thoughts have been happening automatically over a period of time without being aware. And they're the branches that support the fruit. So the emotions I say is like the sap of the tree. The sap of the tree goes throughout the whole tree and it brings like the life force out through the branches. Without the sap, the tree is going to die. And in the same way, emotions are like the force that drive us towards our decision making. Most of our decisions are made with emotion supporting, upholding, sometimes driving the decision. Emotions are very, very important, and they 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 are a life force within us. They're very important, and they're not to be ignored. But they are to be cultivated, to listen to the messages that they have. And emotions often are connected to thoughts. So when you think, oh, it's been a day since I've had an Oreo, the feeling you have might be deprivation. Or if you think, I'm never going to get another Oreo again, the feeling you might have would be torture (laughs) or sadness or loss. Like those are... I've experienced sadness and loss around the idea of never eating certain foods again.
0: Yeah. I'm that way about popcorn.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch on your popcorn. You just be happy with your popcorn. It's just an example, but, but you know, that feeling then if you think of, I mean, I imagine if someone was addicted to alcohol and they were trying to manage the thought of, I'm never going to have another drink again. Like I'm never going to be able to go out with my friends and just have a glass of wine. Or never going to be able to watch a football game and have a beer when it's been a part of their daily life for, let's say, years. I mean, there's a sadness and a loss that goes along with that. And that emotion is very real. And that's why I say it's like the life force. Without that emotion, without the sap, the tree can't produce the fruit. But without the sap, the tree is also going to shrivel up and die. Right. So if you keep the old sap in, You're going to just make more pears. But if you're able to infuse the tree with new sap, you're going to
0: be able to create new fruit. Did you know that a Healing Peace podcast has a website? You will find resources along with our very own tools and tips on our website. Our tools and tips provide tangible principles to keep you on your emotional healing and wellness journeys. While you are on our website, sign up for our newsletter. You will receive a free emotional wellness assessment just for signing up. Also, you will stay informed about podcast episodes, courses, and workshops. You will receive all this great information just for signing up for our newsletter. Go to ahealingpeace.com today. I love how you're connecting these items. Like, it's making so much more sense.
1: Well, if you can see my hands, I'm like, I'm building that tree out with my hands. Yeah. So the trunk of the tree, I kind of equate to our body, right? So our body is the source that supports the rest of us. It holds, it's where the emotions flow, it's where the it's where the thoughts flow. It, the head and the heart connected, the gut, the connected, it's all connected and the support is in that trunk. And what happens is just say for example, Someone has a job that they get up to get up for at the same time every day. They tumble into the bathroom at the same time. They get to the coffee maker. They come to the shower. They go to the closet. They put their clothes on. They drink their coffee. They get in their car. They drive in the same car in the same position in this on the same road to the same building, getting into the same front door, seeing the same people sitting at the same cubicle. And it's just over and over. And it just becomes ingrained in the body so that you don't even have to think about, do I go turn the coffee maker on or do I get in the shower? Do I go to the bathroom? Which car am I going to take? Do I take? It just becomes so automatic that in a sense, in a very real sense, our body becomes our mind. There's all kinds of neurobiology behind that statement, but our body becomes our mind. We condition our body through our repetitive thoughts, feelings, behaviors, environment, to make the decisions to lead us through. And it's not intentional. It's very behind the scenes. It's it's just like, I'm looking at this computer screen and it doesn't need to see my face to know what to do. It's just running. It's just doing its things. And our body, it becomes the same type of system, just doing what we've trained it and programmed it to do. It's a service until it's working as a disservice because we've trained it in a direction we don't really want to keep going. And then the fifth part of this habit system in the tree analogy is the roots. And the roots are the beliefs that we have deep inside of us. These aren't the kind of beliefs that are just like head beliefs, but these are the kind of beliefs like when the Bible talks about Abraham knew Sarah. It wasn't just that he could recognize her or he could guess what she might say, but he had an intimate experience with Sarah that says, I know her. It's in that experience that embeds that knowledge in us. And these kind of beliefs, these roots are embedded in us as usually without words. They're not thoughts they're just sort of ingrained it, it, it feels th- these beliefs feel so familiar that we can't even see them and just like you can't see the roots of a tree the roots support the whole system if you were to come in and cut the roots the whole system dies right in the same way these beliefs that are embedded in us that that became ingrained in us through experience often not even through language, hold the key to many of the habits that we have that we don't want. The way that we're made up, our beliefs are driving our thoughts and they drive, our thoughts drive our emotions. And this is producing the fruit in our life. And when the belief changes, you don't have to fight the thoughts any longer. You don't have to struggle with the emotions any longer of Of feeling sad or feeling lost or feeling deprived, you know, in the Oreo example. When the roots are pulled and replaced with new roots, new beliefs, then an entirely new tree is produced.
0: Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. And I really do like how you break it down because as you're speaking, one of the things that I'm thinking about is I never processed that all this is happening around my habit. But as you're speaking it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that does. And then, oh, oh, yeah, that's true. And so you're helping me to connect the dots. And as I'm connecting the dots, one of the things that's coming to my mind is, well, no wonder it's so hard to start and stop. Yes,
1: yes. No wonder it's so hard to start. And, stop. and then when we end up feeling like, well, I'm just lazy, or I have no self self control, or no willpower or I'm just a failure. Why should I even start when, you know, when we're hard on ourselves, that makes it all the much harder to want to even try again.
0: Right. Yeah. And so how do we begin to not self-defeat ourselves in that way?
1: Huh? Well, I think really embracing this deeper or larger understanding of what's On behind the scenes is one huge way. I I think that it can bring in some kindness, some compassion towards yourself, some understanding that says, I can't just become a different person overnight, that it's a process. It may take multiple attempts and I may need to change my strategy. I may need to bring someone alongside me, either join a group, that's aiming for the same goal. I mean, it's one reason why AA is so phenomenal at helping people achieve, achieve sobriety is that group encouragement, the support you get from a group, you know, so AA groups, like Jenny Craig and those weight loss, they bring someone else alongside you, joining a gym. You're not the only person in the gym. That that ability to not feel like you're struggling. And drowning alone is really, really helpful and can help you keep in mind that we're not aiming for perfection. We're just aiming for the process that's bringing us towards what we want.
0: Sure. And I know for myself, that's my trap is that perfection, right? Like I'm going to keep trying until I, I reach this aspect. And then if I don't reach it, then of course I begin that cycle of beating myself up. And so you, you stated in the beginning when we first started speaking and even a couple of times throughout us uh, speaking, you talked about being kind and compassionate to yourself. Can you go into a little bit more detail to what that looks like?
1: Yes, I'm, I'm making notes because there's so many things I want to talk about. So,
0: <laughs> OK, <laughs> this is great because you're already setting this up for another interview because you know I'm coming back. Oh,
1: OK, good, because I want to share a personal story about some of my experience with this. I want to talk about perfection as a habit. And then you asked me something and I've already forgotten.
0: About being kind and compassionate. What does that look like? Oh, what does that look like?
1: That looks like when you understand that there's more to it than willpower and self-control. When you understand the more you fight against something, the stronger it becomes. Ooh, okay. And here's where the beautiful principles that God gave us. The more you can surrender and release, actually the faster you can go. Ooh, okay. That's
0: a drop the mic statement. Go ahead and repeat that one more time. they know I do repeats. If you can't repeat that.
1: Yes. The more that you can surrender and release, actually the faster you can go. So when you're holding on to, it's gotta be this way, or I said, I was going to Never eat an Oreo again. Or I said I was going to go to the gym every day. So I'm building, I'm working to build a habit of meditation and I want to do it every day. What I said was, you know what? If I can do it 300 times in a year, that's going to be incredible. Right. And if I come close to 300, that's going to be amazing. And if I go over 300, that's going to be awesome. So my goal isn't perfection doing it every day. And In the process, I'm, hey, man, there's so much going on today that I'm going to need to get up 30 minutes earlier if I want to spend some time meditating today. And then, when that morning came, and then I, for example, let's just say, oh, I cannot get myself out of bed. And I failed to get myself out of bed the morning 30 minutes earlier than I planned. Being kind and compassionate to myself says, hey, this is okay. You're working on creating something you really haven't done before. You're used to getting out of bed 30 minutes earlier. You're not used to doing intentional meditation 30 minutes a day. Is there something you can do tomorrow that might help you that you didn't have today? If I like, if I had a chance to do it again, what would that be? What would I do? What would I bring in? That I didn't have today that I might would do if I had a chance to do it again. Can you can you feel how that's not, oh my gosh, I gotta try harder. I gotta try harder.
0: Yeah. And even as you're describing this, one of the things that's peeking in my brain is also the language that you're using in communicating with yourself.
1: Yes, gentle, compassionate, kind, starting with the clean slate. So that's forgiving. You have to forgive
0: yourself. And also the way that you're speaking in the sense of what you already talked about, calming, but it's also you're not being hostile towards yourself. Right.
1: Because what you resist gets strengthened. It's where it's it's where you're putting your energy, where you're putting your focus is what's going to grow. So if I'm focusing on, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, you're a slacker. Get out of bed. I didn't do it. If I'm focusing on that, I'm putting all my energy towards not getting out of bed. But if I if I flip it and I say, hey, if I had a chance to do it again, what would I do differently? I'm now I'm looking forward, mean slate. I've I, I'm not all burdened by the heavy and hard mean emotions and I'm creating room for growth. just like if you had a little baby tree and you stepped on it every day, it's not going to do a very good job of growing. But if you nurture it, if you give it some supports, if you give it the water, it's it's going to have a lot better environment for growth.
0: Sure. And I think everything that you've shared, I'm excited about. And I'm also excited that you wrote things down because I'm like, oh, we're running out of time. But because you wrote stuff down, that means we're coming back for sure to continue this conversation. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so you guys, I, I, there's so much that she just shared, but I, I think One of the main takeaways is understanding that there's more involved to not beat yourself up. And when you come back next week, we're going to look at even more breaking these things down so that you can have a game plan that's as encouraging and fulfilling and enlightening to what has been shared already in terms of the language that we speak to ourselves. So please come back in the interim. Have a good rest of the week.